guys, welcome back to the Liberty Pole, bringing you episode five, and tonight we're going to talk about the war on drugs, and um, uh, we've got our two co-hosts in tonight, finally. Uh, Rock, Rock came through a surgery well, I, I take it, and uh, we got Blake Bachelor back as well, and uh, so we got the crew together to talk about this all-important topic that's near and dear to all of our hearts, and uh, maybe 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 some, some alternatives to policy for, for what we've been doing for the last 40 years that has obviously been a failure, and we're going to get into that tonight. Uh, do you have any opening thoughts on the subject before we get into get into the weeds on the war on drugs, Blake? Uh, I don't know if I have anything to open with. Uh, I think the results of these policies have been disastrous for going on 60 years now, so we should have plenty to discuss. Yeah, uh, we're gonna try to keep it short, but uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. This 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 topic gets me a little fired up. <laughs> so when me and Blake were talking early last week about about covering this topic, uh, I've lost a little bit of sleep thinking about what I want to say tonight. So so it might go a little long. We're hoping not. Maybe we can just get to the point and and demonstrate how these policies have been absolutely awful for our country and and destroyed our social fabric and and our economy. Um, Rock, do you do you have anything have anything to add before we really get into it? Well, as a current drug taker of pain medicine after my wisdom teeth extraction, <laughs> I would have to say that uh, pain medicine is very strong and that they do not regulate it. Well, they, they how do. much they give you? They, yeah, the oh, doctors yeah. doctors don't really have that. Like, you you can get as much as you want, basically. Oh yeah, yeah, and that and 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 that's an issue that we're probably going to talk about tonight. So yeah, I guess we'll kind of start from the beginning, and and before we even cover the the drug prohibition in this country, I, I think a, a fitting place to start is alcohol prohibition. So so in the early twenties, America under the the Pietist Progressive movement from the Free Will Baptists and Southern Baptists uh, and the liturgicals decided to to effectively ban alcohol in, in, in American cities. And in, in the first in the first few years after this prohibition, they really saw a, a sharp decline in alcohol usage. And then and then the market, the black market really caught on to to the to the to the space in the market that had been created by government action and, and government force. And you saw a lot of alcohol cartelizations come up and a lot of violence lead from that. And uh you hear a lot about the uh, the mafia in Chicago and, and the Al Capones and, and the Italian mafias, and and these mafias directly came from, in effect, alcohol being prohibited on the free market. So so the black market sprouted up, and these people used force to control their streets and and to get to distribute alcohol to people who obviously were still going to use the alcohol even though there was a ban on it. Um, I don't know, Blake. What do you what What are your thoughts on prohibition? I'm sure they're not they're not too kind. Yeah, it's naive to think just because the government prohibits something that um, people aren't going to get their hands on it if it's something people want. And like you said, when you think about prohibition, the first thing that comes to mind is the mafia and Al Capone and uh, bootlegging and whatnot. So, like we'll get into later with uh, drug policy. It's a lot better to have something open in, in an actual market than to have something underground where it's not uh, not as easy to hold people accountable. Well, I'll actually I'll, I'll point out an interesting thought that maybe you can mull over, well, both of you and our listeners, that in today's society and pre-prohibition, 
you never saw rival alcohol producers battling it out in the streets for business. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so that violence directly, there's, there's no argument to be had that the violence from alcohol producers and consumers directly sprouted from like uh, prohibition by federal and state governments. I mean, I, I'm not sure. What do you think, Rock? There's really no argument to be had there. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. I just think it's another um, example of the government thinking that they know the well-being of the group instead of that we can make our own decisions for ourselves. Well, Rock, I, I will ask you this because you're kind of the the resident, I don't know, conservative statist of the group. If, if, if you can call you that, you're not really a statist, but compared to me and Blake, you, you're more so of one. What, what, what do you think would be – would be an advantageous drug policy that America should should embark on here, I guess, in the turn of, of the 20s. Like, what I, basically what my idea of it is, is to crack down on the source of where they're actually getting the drugs from. And prescription drugs in general is what I'm going to focus on right here. Because regulating the flow of other drugs are almost impossible. But prescription drugs are running rampant in society. That's because there's a lot of undercover doctors that are basically just handing out prescription medicines willy-nilly. And there's not much regulation behind it. Even though there's a lot of people who think there is, you could go get pain medicine saying that your arm's hurting you. And then you could just get some extremely strong pain medicine. And it's it's not really regulated if you took all your medicine or if you sold it. And that's basically how it gets. Oh, gets of course, out. they'll ship it in the mail to you. But yeah, will... especially now with online doctors, like you can basically get shipped any kind of prescription medicine, like you were saying. And there's no limit. There's no like way to tell if you have any medicine left over or anything like that. And all that medicine automatically goes into the market. I mean, some of it obviously sits in shelves and stuff and never gets used, but. Some of it does go into the streets, and it it's not good. So from my policy, I would say that there has to be more regulation on who gives the medicine, who gives the medicine, and I don't want to say how the medicine gets returned or to make sure that the medicine is going in the right place. I think if, if you've cracked down on the first two, the last one doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? If somebody who actually needs the medicine is getting the medicine and using it, and the person who is authorized to give the medicine is actually giving it in a correct manner, I don't think that you'll have an issue with uh, prescriptions. So um, I I know this probably isn't a surprise, but I completely disagree with you on this. Um, Right. So so you propose to to regulate more the – prescriptions and the distribution of prescribed medicines and 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 i would say that the regulation is at an all-time high for these medicines yet drug overdoses and drug dependencies is also at an all-time high so what i would say is if you if you tried to regulate these medicines even more so then then if it became too hard for the market to get a hold of these medicines from doctors and medical professionals uh, the black market would obviously step into that vacuum that was created when, when, the, when the cost of entry for getting these prescribed medicines from medical facilities were too high and, and, and the black market would create these medicines and, and they would be way less regulated 
they wouldn't be made nearly as pure and they would be tainted and they would be increased in their potency because because the people drug dealers on the black market considering that the crackdown on drugs is, is so rampant from the police like local and state and federal they want the most potent drugs that are the most valuable for each delivery so so these people are going to increase the potency of these drugs therefore increasing the drug overdoses and the drug dependency of the users when that vacuum is created so yeah i don't know what are your, what are your thoughts on on uh oh richard richard nixon i mean uh rocks proposal <laughs> yeah i i generally agree with your what you're saying uh who you cole okay. um, a black market is what you should be trying to avoid in all this because like you said when you have a, a group, a cartel, whatever, running drugs, they don't have any accountability to their, their users. They don't have any type of uh, checks against them for safety and whatnot. Yeah, hey, and there's no, there's no legal channels. If, if, there is, if there is a problem with these drugs, there's no legal channels to dispute that. So, so either A, you just keep using because you have that dependency and you have no other alternative, or B, you obviously result, you, you result to violence. Uh, I'm right. sorry for interrupting you, but you can, I was no. just going to add that in. You're fine, but just to point out, you say you get drugs off the street that's come through Mexico through cartels and gangbangers and what else, and it's laced in fentanyl or something else deadly and it kills somebody. I mean, what are you going to do? You can't trace it back to anybody. The cartel's not going to care. People are going to keep buying it. But let's say these drugs are legalized. You buy it from a nice shop or a doctor or whatever else. If that drug kills somebody, you're going to have a chain of custody to see you know, who is responsible, people are going to know not to buy from that person, and they're either going to be held criminally liable, or they're going to change their uh, their production policies. Which is what we see on the free market already anyway. Right. So, uh, say a vaccine comes out, and <laughs> unless it's unless it's the coronavirus vaccine, <laughs> the, the vaccine distributors can be held liable if these vaccines start hurting people or have adverse health effects that weren't listed in, in when they distributed the vaccines. And, and you see that the market will correct itself, because obviously people care about their health and these, and these people are going to use like in, in the free market, you know, say, say somebody finds a finger and a, and a cheeseburger from a meat packing plant and, and the free market's obviously going to respond to that. And I, that we've seen that all throughout history, the market will respond. There's legal, there's legal avenues for these people to dispute that. And, and, if, and if the market doesn't respond, Another part of the market respond. You can get your meat from somewhere else, and and that that meat packing industry is gonna go out of business. But in the black market for drugs, like you said, if, if you get fentanyl from the cartel and it kills you because it's tainted, who are you gonna get? Who are you gonna get fentanyl from next time? Because because the government's already run out the low level drug dealers who might even have purer drugs than than the cartel will. So, but in effect, the government has crushed the cartels, um, the cartels competitors, and really for lack of a better word, cartelized the cartel, right. hence the name. The government doing what it does best in creating the monopolies. Oh, come on, Blake. Yeah. I read in my history book that uh, <laughs> capitalism creates monopolies. Right, right, right. I but, uh, yeah, so I so I definitely agree with Blake and, and vehemently push back on Rock's proposal. Uh, I mean, to kind of go off that, though, my idea behind my proposal is basically saying that if these drugs aren't handed out so flippantly to consumers, then they wouldn't get addicted. So most of the, I don't have any stats on this, but I feel like there's a large amount of people who automatically, like as soon as they get hurt, they'll get pain medicine 
and then they'll take the pain medicine, and that's how they're introduced to their addiction. So and then they can getting keep hurt. getting pain meds. No, I did not say that. So I'm saying that they get too much pain medicine at at the beginning. So your proposal is, is the federal government will step in and do a good enough job to keep all all. So okay, so so back to the the vacuum in the market thing. So say everybody in 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 the drug industry says, hey, we're going to get together and we're going to we're going to start cracking down on who we get these drugs to. Who's to say in history, history be my guide, who's to say that somebody's not going to open up a drug shop and start doing what these companies were previously doing and they're going to be busting in business. And, and when the federal government cracks down on them, who's to say the next shop's not going to open? Because that's obviously oh, going to happen. I mean, seen there's it. always going to be power vacuums. I see it right now. Uh, I work in handicapped transportation and I see it on a regular occasion that people, nurses and stuff from nursing homes get busted for selling prescription drugs from clients at the places and they'll get they'll get kicked out and doctors will get obviously lose all their accreditation for it. I mean it happens pretty regularly. Okay. So why doesn't it um, stop that? Obviously there's a power vacuum. Well because there's always a market for it. Okay, I mean, so people always propo- want it. So, so your proposal is faulty completely. No, the reason for my proposal is if you do this, maybe it limits the people who are addicted in the first place. But people will remain addicted, and these drugs are still going to be on the streets. People will still be buying them. Here, here's the deal. And if they don't get these pain medicines, like, like, like me and Blake were talking about, if they don't get – so okay, so I, I understand your point that you're saying when people go into medical facilities, they get hooked on these drugs. And that – It's a a legitimate point, but that is such a low number of drug users in America that it's, it's not really, it's kind of a blip on the radar. Like I understand your point and I get what you're saying that yes, that would theoretically lower it. I'm, I don't think it would, but I'm saying your argument does, that's not faulty. That part of the argument's not, but the people who want to use drugs would just go to drugs that came from Mexico and Venezuela and then they would get way more potent drugs and way more deadly drugs and they would use these drugs and they would be dying at a much higher volume than they are now. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree. I don't know. I don't know if they'll be dying at a higher volume because they're, it's harder to get the drugs and you have to spend more money to get the drugs right now. If, if you open up the market, which I mean, most of the time I am for an open market, but if you open up this market, I mean, there's a possibility that prices may go up, but most of the time prices go down unless there's a big competitive market for certain kinds of drugs. Um, drug prices will go down, which will make it more accessible for more people to get hooked on it and make it more accessible for younger people to get hooked on it. Where right now you see cheaper drugs like weed and um, some of the lower end pills being passed around at college campuses. You'll see more hard drugs like cocaine and stuff being passed around or harder prescription drugs that could kill you get passed around if you have more of an open market for it so So, i mean like i mean i think it's just a lot i don't like i said i do not like government regulation but this is a tough situation where i think that prescription meds should be at least tapped down upon so it's interesting that you you say that if government deregulation of drugs happened it would lead to a increase in drugs and a decrease of price and an increase of increase of overdoses and drug deaths and 
I would push back on that with the example of Portugal. So Portugal decriminalized basically every drug in, in the early 2000s. And since then, Portugal's... So I'm just going to read you a stat that I was looking up earlier. Portugal's drug-induced deaths have fallen from 80 in 2001. So we're talking about a smaller country, obviously. We're basically talking about a state. Their, their drug-induced deaths fell from 80 in 2001 to 16 in 2013. So over that span of time during decriminalization, from, from your, your hypothesis... The drug deaths would go up because you, people who shouldn't have them would get hooked on them because they were more available and at a lower price. Yet, from what we've seen in Portugal, yes, the drugs are more available and there's not as much of a stigmatism on it. And and I think people in Portugal, like officials, would still say that drugs are not good to use. But these drugs have also been been purified. They've been checked. There's legal avenues to to pursue people who tainted drugs for more potency and and less purity and 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 it, proofs in the pudding, 80, 80 overdoses in 2001 compared to 16 in 2013. Also, in Portugal, since 2001, when, when drug use was at a pretty high levels for that country, when they decriminalized it, the drug use has either, the drug use curve has remained flat or fallen since from 2000 to 2013. And I'm not, I'm not really sure how you, you can argue those trends, and there's other countries that can that can also back this up with drug decriminalization. And I think right now we're seeing in Oregon, I think here in the next year or so, when we get some statistics from them deregulating drugs, I think we'll see some, some good signs from Oregon as well. I just, I mean, so what kind of drugs exactly? I'm not really familiar with that. Is what kind of drugs do they decriminalize? Was it all of them? Everything. So like cocaine and all that stuff. So basically rock you, you, and you might not be trying to do this, but you, you're arguing against the free market. And, and, and I'm telling you that the free market works. And when the free market works, you're going to get better drugs. People are going to be way less stigmatized when they use these drugs. And people are going to be much more likely to seek help. So in Portugal as well, over the first five years after deregulization of these drugs, 60%, people were 60% more likely to seek, seek help from drug use. 60% more likely. Which obviously leads to a, a, a lower number of, of drug-induced deaths. And another fact, because because it's something people don't think about, but it is something important to think about, with the regulation of drugs in this country and the prohibition of drugs in this country, and other countries, obviously, we're just obviously talking about the United States, so that's where we live, there's also regulation of syringes and needles. So people, people reuse syringes in themselves or they share syringes with others, which obviously leads to a huge increase of risk in AIDS and HIV. So in Portugal, um, the AIDS cases fell from 2000. There was 624 new cases related to drug use of AIDS, and in 2013 there were 74 new cases. I mean, those are those are really they're, they're hard they're hard facts to argue with, Rock. And 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 there was no drug deaths from policing in Portugal. People weren't being incarcerated and thrown in a cage, and taxpayers didn't have to support them because they used drugs. Families weren't torn apart. People weren't getting out of jail after being arrested for small-time drug offenses and having to live on government welfare because they couldn't get a job because employers wouldn't hire these people for using drugs. So I, I, I just I, your your proposal doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I just think you're 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 arguing a losing fight. You're basically putting forth the same arguments as the prohibitions prohibitionists put forth. I don't know. What, what do you think, Blake? Uh, 
I, I'm not. I'm not even trying to be hostile. I mean, it's it, what you said. What you said, Rock. It's an interesting point, and in a in a in a utopia, it works. But I I tend to not want to argue against the free market. And I think the free market works in, in the real world. What do you think, Blake? Yeah, I think Rock said it himself when he when he said that uh, there's always going to be a market for for any type of drugs, painkillers, or recreational drugs, or whatever. But by dismantling these black markets, like we've said already, bringing them out into the open, establishing legitimate businesses where uh, users can act on uh, self-interest to either uh, patronize businesses or not patronize them, depending on their reputation. I mean, yeah. it seems like a win-win for everybody. And I think you made a good point on the taking away the stigma of drug use with the classic case in Portugal. I mean, you've got... For example, alcohol is not as stigmatized as something like heroin and cocaine, and people develop dependence on alcohol that causes issues, but it's a lot easier for somebody to, not that it happens every time, but it's a lot easier for somebody that's developed a dependence on alcohol to come to a family member or friend or something to admit that they have a problem rather than somebody that's shooting up heroin in a back alley and hiding it from their employer and everybody else they know. Of course, and if yeah. you and if you venture out of the confines of your own property and, and run into the police while you're intoxicated on alcohol... You're not going to get put in a cage, and when you get out of that cage, you're you, you you're going to not ever be able to have a job again. As opposed to alcohol, <laughs> you can wave at the police and walk right by him, drunk as a skunk, and the next day you can go and be gamefully employed, and, and you're not and you're not sucking welfare off of everybody else. Yeah, I mean, to y'all's point, let, let me just ask you a question. Okay. So, with the open market, are you? Are you basically saying that like I could go to Walmart or I could go to let's just say a trusted dealer, as you put it, and buy any kind of prescription drug over the counter? Of course. Like so a, wouldn't that like lead to? Shop. Yeah. So wouldn't that lead to a lot of mis overdoses? So basically saying that there's there's tons of medicine that don't mix together, and you're relying on the knowledge that previously was given to doctors with years of study behind them willy-nilly to people who probably can't even read or barely write their name i i don't like saying that the people are not smart enough but they're it's it's extremely hard for even me to know what medicine is good to take together and what medicine is harmful to take together so let me ask you this rock so so under that same argument why why not have a have strict gun laws in America? Is that, so it, guns it, are used to protect yourselves. That that's a totally different argument. No no no, no 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 no. We're just talking about you don't have the right to medicine. You do not have the right to medicine. Yeah. Okay. Medicine is not in the Constitution. Okay. First off, is the Constitution doesn't guarantee any right. You are born with natural rights. Yeah. Secondly, is you do have the right to 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 free to free business transactions with other free men. So, so that 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 argument's ridiculous, and I'm going to throw that out. Not really. I mean, it's not. I mean, so you don't have the right to a free transaction with another human being. Isn't yes, that the but, free market? I mean, it's not. There's not a. Cool. I don't. I don't really get your point, Blake. Could you help me understand this point? Well, going back to what you said, the same thing could be applied to the alcohol prohibition because there's plenty of things you're not supposed to drink with alcohol that you can walk into Walmart and buy and could kill you. But now you're more so, educated on the subject because the people right. who sell you these things have to be Make accountable sure you, to the free market and to the system. 
it wouldn't be very good uh, publicity to have users of your product dying because they didn't know what they were doing. So it's in their yeah, own I mean, interest. I, to I get that because, I mean, obviously we know that we can't go to Walmart and drink bleach. But I'm just saying it's a lot easier to just take two medicines that you don't know nothing about and assume that it's okay. And there's there's tons and tons of medicine. Like, I mean, absolutely tons of medicine. So, I mean, so you don't even propose, like, going to a doctor and a doctor telling you, hey, you should get this or, like, no. have so, any kind of prescription. So, so I want to I return back to your comment you made because I, I think it was a bit preposterous. So, so you, you say that you don't have a right to medicine, and I, I really want you to expound on that because <laughs> that, that just seems a bit preposterous to me. In what way do you not have a right to medicine? Or, or drugs, or alcohol, or food, or shelter, or guns, or, or a right to be gainfully employed, or a right to a car? In what way do you not have a right to medicine? I'm just saying that it's not nullified. It doesn't say, like, the right to own medicine shall not be infringed. I'm just saying that it's just not one of those. And, I mean, I'm not saying that it shouldn't be infringed, or, like, you don't have the right to any kind of medicine. I'm just saying that it's not... It's not its own thing. Like, I mean, obviously guns are totally different. So, so, so you're, so you're basing argument. your That's argument totally off different. of the fact that James Madison and Thomas Jefferson didn't put in the Bill of Rights, you don't have the right to opium and cocaine. That, that, that's <laughs> the argument you're basing it off of. So, so also an, the argument you were proposing is that, that, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. So the so the argument you're proposing is is that you so you as a human being don't have don't have the the, the inherent right to make a business a free business transaction with another human being who is proposedly free. Because that's what you're saying when you say you don't have the right to medicine and you don't have the right to buy these things from another free person. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, I'm just saying that you can't compare guns and medicine i'm not i'm no, not comparing just, guns as in their functions i'm comparing guns as in the arguments that are made for why criminalization of guns would be a good thing and i'm saying those arguments are faulty on both sides because the criminalization of guns would be ridiculous if you're trying to lower gun violence because violence would still ensue we've seen that in so many countries that have criminalized guns America, mm, yeah. we have to deal with the re reality that America has these millions of guns, and if you criminalized them, then people would kill each other with knives, or people would kill each other with illegal guns yep. that they got from Mexico. It's the same thing with medicine. If you, if you, well, we've seen it. It's the same thing with alcohol. If you decriminal, if you criminalize the alcohol, you're just going to get more potent alcohol from somebody who is way less trustworthy on the market and who will kill you if you try to tell on them. Yeah, I, mean, I just think it's it would be a lot more aggravating and dangerous for the normal person to have free reign to all the medicine and not not worry about going to the doctor or get a prescription i mean uh, I I, I, it's not i don't think it's that big of a deal honestly for me I mean, maybe it's just i mean maybe it is I mean, people this... who don't have insurance or don't have any kind of access to medicine or anything i'm just that's not maybe I'm just being ignorant on the subject. That's not the that's not the argument I'm even coming from at all. I'm not coming from the government should provide free health care. That it's just that, that I'm not even trying to 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 go into that argument. I'm saying that me as a free human being has the right to purchase drugs 
from another free human being, aka Blake or you, if you wanted to sell me drugs and I wanted to buy and ingest those drugs into my body, as long as I'm not infringing on other people's rights. There, there's really, there's no gray area to that statement that I just. Well, I can see that. I mean, I, I can see what you're saying with that statement. But your argument is completely opposed to what I just said. No, my argument is I don't think that for to stop addiction, I, I don't think that everybody should just have total access to all these medicines. So, so I just gave you Portugal, and and I gave you the. Well, I mean, I, that makes. I mean, if the, if Portugal, if I knew that the same thing that in Portugal would happen in the U.S., I'd be okay. So, but I mean, I just I don't think I don't think that the same thing would happen. So, so you don't know for sure that the same thing would happen. So you err on the side of government crackdown and militarization of police to enforce these <laughs> well, laws I know where the federal this government. Go. I mean, that's what you're no, saying. I, I, I don't like the federal government doing much, but I don't, I think that there shouldn't be, I think there should be some sort of regulation on when you should, or how you should get your medicine. And where's that arbitrary I mean, line? Maybe, line maybe not like going. a legal, maybe not a legal thing, but you should actually have some kind of system that tells you like hey don't take this or you can't take this much or i agree and i think there should there should be a, there should be a lot of it, they should make it hard to do it like, i mean I, i'm not saying that maybe you shouldn't have any kind of access to do it but i think they should make it really hard i agree and i think the free market would would step in and, and largely not completely but they would largely see to it that these drugs didn't get into the wrong hands now would they do a perfect job of course not but, but a drug producer or a pharmacist is not going to sell these drugs to a child. Like, right. uh, can we be realistic like, uh, and, and, and talk about human action? These, like, we're, we're not three-year-olds that need to be held hands by the federal government that tell us each and every decision that we make. We're, we're <laughs> but uh, let, me, let me point out one more fact before, before we kind of get off this argument where me and you are kind of button heads. So you say that more regulation – would 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 lead to less overdoses and less dependency on drugs and and less regulation would lead to lower prices and and more dependency on drugs and more overdoses so let me tell you this fact drug okay so i'm just gonna i'm gonna put this so in 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 1970 we passed we passed the uh i can't remember what the law is called now like can you can you help me out I, i'm sorry and, what's that in, well, in in 1970, we passed the uh, we passed the law under Nixon, and I honestly can't remember at this point what it is. And uh, basically created the DEA, and we started cracking down on drugs. Nixon, this, uh, it's undisputed. I just can't remember the exact bill that was passed by Congress. Nixon declared the war on drugs, and we started cracking down on drugs and spending a lot more money on drugs. So I'm going to give you this fact, and I'm not sure how you can argue this. So since 1980, or in in the year 1980. 100, 000, out of 100,000 people, two people died on average from drug overdoses in 100,000 people in 1980. That's, that's largely when the militarization of the police began and the crackdown on drugs began. In 2015, 15 people on average are dying from drug overdoses per 100,000. And, and if you're telling me that we don't have more regulation on opium and cocaine and crack cocaine and marijuana and methamphetamine and fentanyl than, than we had in 1980 today, I, I, I'm not sure we can have that argument at this point. I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to have that argument whenever you have soda to add 
cocaine, went some cocaine in it back in the day. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just pointing this out that we have so much more regulation since 1980. We have all these bills. We have civil asset forfeiture. We have have basically the whittling away of the Fourth Amendment where police can just overstep their bounds at at their own whims. And and yet we go from two people dying per 100,000, so we're accounting for population. We have two people dying per 100,000 in the United States from drug overdoses to now 15 dying per 100,000. That is substantial. Am I, am I, am I crazy, Blake? I, I'm not, I'm not even trying to be hostile, but like I said, I get fired up about this. No, I, I would probably venture to say that the enforcement of these policies would have a large part into the increase, creating a cycle of poverty and, um, imprisonment that creates cultures and neighborhoods where drug use, illicit drug use and, um, detrimental drug use become standard yeah, I think that's something where most of us can kind of agree on it and like I don't really know how see I'm, I'm my idea I'm still kind of thinking on with the regulation thing so it's not actual policy obviously but I I think most of us can agree that the drug pandemic has obviously affected the uh, african-american community uh obviously heard them and will continue to hurt them oh surely i i agree with that i'm not i'm not all about you know you know black lives matter the organization and the street marching around and I, i'm not i don't necessarily agree that that uh, that black people are systematically oppressed in this country anymore but I, like you just said that that is such a such a such an important point to point out that that minorities are targeted for drug offenses so much higher than white people in this country and they're incarcerated at a much higher rate and for for much longer than white people are uh for drug offenses i'm not sure blake i don't know what are your thoughts on that i think that's a good point from rock yeah yeah i agree i mean what does it do to a kid to see his dad hauled off to jail for for years because he had a drug and a, a gram of weed in his pocket or whatever. Yeah, a gram like of said, weed. It's just creating and, a cycle and a of stop over a tail light. Yeah, we've seen what it does. Because be the cops smelled it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We so so actually, Blake. To your point earlier, I have another another fact. I'm going to try to remember. To your point earlier, that you said that uh, government crackdown really creates this this violent. Is that what you were kind of getting at? It creates like a violent environment around drug use. Right. Yeah. So, so I, so there was a study done about New York City's homicides in in, in the late 2000, like the late two, 2010s, and 7.5 percent of the homicides were due to the physical effects of the drugs, while 40 percent of New York homicides were due to the illicit market system creating a violent environment around the the distribution and the use of drugs in that city. That that's really hard to argue against, and. And I want to hammer this home that New York City might have the most regulation for these types of things. That so so New York City has gun regulation, drug regulation. You can't even take a crap without getting a permit in New York City, and and you have forty percent of people dying because of an illicit market in, in that city, and only seven point five percent of people dying in New York City due to the physical effects of drugs. And that and that's not only people overdosing, but people hurting other people while they're intoxicated on these drugs too. 
but uh, yeah, that's, just, a, that's a crazy stat. And, yeah, I mean, I just yeah, I think it's a lot easier to get places and get get those kind of drugs in cities just because of the hustle and bustle of the city than it is in rural areas in general. And obviously, you see that you go to you go to all these uh, big cities and there's just people living on the streets. It don't take you uh, five minutes to realize that there's an issue. Um, but it's just how to combat that issue without taking people's liberties. So, so I'm, I'm actually going to correct myself from earlier. So the, the, the bill that Congress passed, I'm, I'm now looking at it cause I wrote it down or I jotted it down. It's called the comprehensive drug abuse prevention and control act. And it basically created the DEA. So I'm just going to throw that in because <laughs> I couldn't remember it for the life of me. But, uh, so so I, I do want to touch on, and we're gonna we, we've been hinting at this, but we're gonna have an episode about the modern day police state. But I want to touch on the war on drugs in correlation with with the modern day growth of the militaristic police state that we have now, and just the whittling away of our, our bill of rights, the also infallible bill of rights according to Rock, that that grants us all these magical freedoms that we never had before Thomas Jefferson and James Madison pinned them on a piece of paper. So, so I, I don't know, Blake, I know you're, you feel strongly about what the war of drugs, war on drugs have done to our, our, our police system, both locally, federally, and, and at the state level. I don't know. Do you have anything to add to that? I'm sure you do. Yeah. I mean, it's been the, the main driver and main excuse for increasing police budgets, increasing uh, police violence, increasing police aggressiveness, increasing police militarization for, well, like I said, 50 years now. So on top of the, on the the tragedies from overdose deaths and everything else, the the response by the government and policing has been just as bad, if not worse. Yeah. So so I mean, largely they call it the war on drugs, and we've largely seen a war carried out on our own citizens because of drugs. So so and and when Congress passed the the Military Cooperation with Law Enforcement Act, which Blake, you know what that is. That allows the military to, to share information with the local law enforcement or state law enforcement, to train local law enforcement or state law enforcement, to, to assist in raids with local law enforcement and, and state law enforcement, which is preposterous, but I'll digress from that. And then the big one is, is they, they hand down for a very small price or for free the excess military equipment to local law enforcement, state law enforcement, which is why you see a MRAP in Jones County, in North Carolina, <laughs> where, 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 where you, you say, why did these police officers have all these equipment? Who are they waging war on? They're waging war on you, the citizen, because they've declared this war on us for 40 years. And then we've seen the whittling away of the fourth, our Fourth Amendment rights, our First Amendment rights, our Second Amendment rights. Uh, we've had civil asset forfeiture, which basically violates all ten of them. And I, I, and and Blake, we can talk about civil asset forfeiture, but that and 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 they have qualified immunity, so so there's no legal recourse. So basically, they're they're a rival gang. So the, so the, they're kind of the the enforcement arm of the cartel. They they keep these low level competitors out of the market. And and there's no legal recourse to to, uh, to fight the police yeah, with. So, so they get, the police, yeah, the police can operate. The police can operate at, at a whim because they have they, they can they can they have qualified immunity. So you can't 
you, there's no legal avenue to, to take action against somebody who's wronged you. And, and then they can take your property, and then the onus is on you because that property somehow or some way was involved in some sort of drug raid or drug offense. The onus is on you to prove through the court of law or, or also efficient and cheap court of law that, that that property or you are innocent in this case and you should be able to retain your property. And in most cases, it costs a lot more to, to, to prove this and, and to get your property back than it is to just cut your losses and get the state your property that they that they stole from you via civil asset forfeiture. I know Blake has a lot to add on that. Civil asset forfeiture is probably one of the most egregious uh, laws on the books in the country. I mean, the state doesn't even have to actually convict you of a crime before seizing your property. It, all you have to do is be suspected of a crime and be detained for it. No, you have to you have to deconvict yourself of a crime to get right. your property yeah. back. Yeah, you have to prove yourself that you're not. Yeah, and that is that is so defendant. that is so antithetical to 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 the founding of this country and the principles in which we were founded on, and what Hume talked about, and what Locke talked about, and what Jefferson and Madison talked about, and even Hamilton and and Jay and all these guys and and Adams and it's, and 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 the people that that support these laws and that support these measures are the people who call themselves patriots. And I, I'm getting, now I'm getting fired up <laughs> and I, I just can't, I can't wrap my mind around it, which is why I wanted to hit on civil asset forfeiture that, that we have a system and the only beauty of our legal system is, is you are innocent until proven guilty. And you've seen oh, with civil clear. asset forfeiture with qualified immunity and with plea deals, which are another egregious, I, I know you have something to add to that too, Blake, another egregious, um, little part of our legal system is plea deals that that basically you're not going to get a fair trial and in some cases you have to to deconvict yourself to the state and 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 you have to have the burden of proof to get your stuff back that they stole from you on a whim from 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 some some anonymous source that's probably not even real or or 50 percent of the time is not real and and they can get some faulty warrant and whittle away your whittle away your fourth amendment right to go search your barn that might have something to do with somebody else running a drug operation out of it in the middle of nowhere on a piece of property that you own. And guess what? It's going to cost you double the price of that property to convince the state that you had nothing to do with that, with that drug. Red flag laws. What? Red flag laws. Well, I'm not sure. So, I haven't so, even got into that. So, so you're, wow. so you so you're against red flag laws, but you're for a regulation no. of no, 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 no. I'm saying that all these all these laws that are talking about stripping people of their guns without any kind of due process, it's, it's basically the same thing. It's it's in the same loophole, and people are going to keep trying to funnel it. Exactly, it is. But Republicans don't even talk about red flag laws. You want to know why? Because they're oh, I mean, there's a lot of people. Yeah, thing. there are people, and yeah, uh, that the congressman from Texas is all for them. The one that everybody loves, Crenshaw, Dan Crenshaw. The pirate? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he's a clown. I'm sure John he's McCain be... with an eye patch, I like to call yeah, him. Yeah, John, John, <laughs> John McCain with an eye patch. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, Blake. Good one, so, yeah, I, I just, I I can't, so, Rock, I, I can't stress enough how wrong you were at the beginning of this episode. And we can keep talking about it if you want. But I don't want people oh, to come I mean, away. Okay. Let me let me just kind of clarify what my action. I'm, I'm not saying okay. 
first of all, I don't think, and this may sound weird compared to what I said at first, if you were caught with these drugs and you're not supposed to have them, I don't think that you should go to jail. Okay, I agree. We agree on that. And basically what I was saying at the beginning with, I don't think that it's the person who's getting them is the issue. I think that they just shouldn't be given out so flamboyantly. I see where you're coming from. I really do. I see where you're coming from. But these people are going to get these drugs, whether you like it or not. Oh, they're going to get them. Yeah, I mean, definitely going to get them. But I don't, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't, like, hand them out for free like condoms at college. That nobody's I proposing mean. that. Do we do? Okay. okay oh, so. I'm just saying that they're going to be very easily accessible. Okay, so let me ask you this. Do you think if there was no government intervention for for alcohol or cigarettes, do you think that storekeepers would would sell alcohol to twelve year olds? Yeah, obviously, drug like stuff like that is. I would I would put that in a different category as prescription. Like I would put prescriptions on the level of like. I don't know, close to like cocaine and stuff, stuff that you can take that. That could kill you in like a small amount. So like alcohol or cigarettes? No, cigarettes kills more alcohol, people than any alcohol drugs. Alcohol and cigarettes, about not in a small amount. If if I go out and I smoke ten packs of cigarettes, it's not going to kill me. I agree. I mean, I agree with that. But also, cigarettes kill more people than any drugs we've talked about combined tonight. Alcohol kills more people than cocaine. If does. you if you link it to cancer, then obviously it does. But I I just I don't see the factor of I can go out and buy cigarettes or buy, as long as I don't drink an absolute crap ton, I'm not going to get alcohol poisoned and off a six pack. Um, so, it, it's just not going to happen. Or a 16, I mean, old, I just, a 16 year old could buy a six pack of Bud Light, get drunk because he has no alcohol tolerance and run into a family of four on the way home from church and kill all four of them. Oh, I mean, definitely. I mean, it's possible. Okay. Just I mean, like it's, it's possible. Also, I mean, just like it's possible that people could get addicted from, from bad medical or pharmacists who, who give out these drugs. That's I agree, it's possible, but I, I think I've proved from the Portugal example or from the Prohibition example or from the fact that two people died from an overdose in 1980 as opposed to 15 in 2015 that that regulation has not worked and it will not work because the government is inept and you cannot keep the free market from filling in those vacuums when you create one. I, mean, I, I don't think that there would be that much of a fundamental change just by doing that. I mean, it, I mean, it wouldn't hurt. I mean, I'm talking about something that's actually possible to implement. I mean, I, I, I think what you're talking about would be extremely impossible to implement. Oregon because there's just too did many it. people in positions of power. Oregon there's just too many people it. in positions of power. Oregon just okay. did it. Okay. Literally, the farm, big pharma has I mean, I way know that Oregon, Oregon did it. But, I mean, I know – I'm just saying it's not going to pass on a large scale. And, I mean, you might come back to this podcast in 10 years and call old rock an idiot because it's passing just like <laughs> marijuana is going through right now. I guarantee you. I'm going to be the retard. Big but, pharma. Big I mean, pharma. So, so I think what you're proposing is more unlikely than what I'm proposing. And the reason why I say that is because big pharma is the largest lobbyist in Washington. They're not, they're not going to propose that their, their product be harder to get into the free market. That would, that would just, that would be so much more of a cost to entry. And then these prices would go up and then there would be a black market vacuum that would fill. And, and these 
way, way less pure and more potent drugs that people would get from these black market dealers would kill them much faster and create more of a dependency on these drugs. Uh, what do you yeah, think? I would like, be uh, interested in seeing. Button, button I would be interested in seeing like the price of the markup for the drugs right now because honestly, I, I don't know much about drug prices and how much markup that there is, but I, I can guarantee that there is quite the markup for insurance companies right now. Um, I mean, I could be totally wrong. It could be the opposite, but my gut feeling is that there's a there's a pretty sizable markup for drugs and that if, if you take away that barrier, then I mean, I, I, I think they would lose money. I mean, I, I, obviously people could buy them more easily, so it, it would be give and take. I, I don't, I don't know. What do you think, Blake? Right. Well, these prescription drug prices are allowed to remain high because doctors and pharmaceutical companies have a FDA backed monopoly on the legitimate. Distribution yeah. It's basically of it. a patent. Yeah. Which are ridiculous too, but we can get into that on another episode. <laughs> anyway, like you, like you said, Cole, the pharmaceutical companies. One could almost believe that pharmaceutical companies and the cartel would sponsor politicians to keep policies like we have in place, in place. Because, like you said before, it's it's basically covering for the cartels and the uh, prescription drug companies to keep their their hold on the market. Exactly, and 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 to say that. Big Pharma and all of its lobbyists and all of its billions of dollars are going to say, hey, <laughs> let's get together and be good little boys and 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 make it harder for people to get our drugs. It, it's preposterous. It's anti-human action. It's anti-free market. It's anti-history. It's anti-economics. It's not going to happen. Like I said, I think that there's a better chance that cocaine and crack cocaine and heroin are legalized before what Rock said would be imposed. And I think if what Rock said was imposed, there'd be a vacuum in the market, and that vacuum would be overtaken by dubious characters who distributed impure goods to people who were previously addicted or who wanted to become addicted, and those people would start dying at a much higher rate, which we've seen from the 1980 statistic that I gave you for two people in 100,000, and we've seen an up a major uptick in regulation and crackdowns from the federal government and now 15 people per 100,000 people are dying in 2015. And like I said, there's no argument to be had about population uh, factorization in that because we're talking about out of 100,000 people. I mean, from what I said, there's not really much that has to be implemented. We're basically doing what I said right now, but on a smaller level. And we have the largest opium epidemic. Oh, I mean, I, I agree that there's an issue. But, I mean, I, I just think that what they're doing right now, they just need to camp it down a little bit. So, the, so mean, yeah, so the for, federal for, government for, try to for reasonable, for reasonable thing. Things would turn around. I just, I, I can't disagree with you enough on that one, Rock. But it's fine, <laughs> because we're here for the discourse. We might get a little yeah, fired we're here, up. We're here just to talk. We're, trust we're me. here to talk. Or <laughs> We've gotten I fired up at each other. I might have a different look at it next week. We've gotten we'll fired see. up at each other off-air about politics a lot, a lot more than more than on-air. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you I got you a couple two, bruises still to prove it. I know you two remember, <laughs> I know you two remember around election time of last year. Uh, it was, things were getting tense between us three, so. So this is this is all in good fun, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep saying that I vehemently disagree with Rock, and I hope that I've displayed that what he said was wrong. <laughs> but if I have, I have to admit you had some you cut out a little good. bit. And, uh, I said you had some good where you're coming from. Okay, yeah, you cut out a little bit. Blake, can you hear me? 
Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think I think your Wi-Fi went out a bit, but it is what it is. This has been a, this has been a pretty good episode. I, I still got a bunch of information to get to, but me and Rock kind of sidetracked a little bit. I'm sorry, Blake. <laughs> Blake, do you have anything to add about civil asset forfeiture or qualified immunity or the militarization of police? Because I feel like you haven't talked a lot tonight because me and Rock have been going back and forth a little bit. No, it, it's been uh, it's been entertaining. I, I know we're running long here. It may be best to wait for a, a we're on drugs part two. <laughs> yeah. In part two, yeah. Yeah, that's true because I, I, this is an important issue. I, I think that the war on drugs, right. more than anything else, mm-hmm. have, has torn us at the seams in our social fabric and create and stoke these racial racial differences and, and racial hatreds and, and economic hatreds between classes. And I think that that the police have gained so much power and the federal government has gained so much power and our rights have been whittled away so much in the last 50 years due to the war on drugs. That this is something that needs to be talked about. And whether whether you're like Rock, a.k.a. Richard Nixon, and you believe in more regulation <laughs> on drugs, or you're like me and Blake who believe, and, and yeah, I'll say it and you can respond to me in the, in the comments or send us an email. I believe in complete deregulization of drugs. I... I I stand by that and I'll argue with anybody about it. And, but either way, it's something that needs to be talked about because it's a huge issue. We have a huge opium epidemic in this country. We have a huge crack cocaine epidemic in this country and, and, and get this Blake. So, and, and also we talked about this last episode and last episode, we really got into the economics of, of the American system in a little bit. The United States spends $9.2 million every day to incarcerate people on drug charges. 9.2. I just, I, and, 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 and each year. So annually the taxpayers basically fork up a $51 billion bill for, for the war on drugs. And, and, and and, uh, me and Blake obviously haven't, we were talking about how it's an issue that we give Israel $3 billion to, to refill their, their iron dome. And, and we're talking about $51 billion annually to wage this war that, like I said, from 1980, two out of a hundred thousand, so 2015, 15 out of 100,000. So obviously, not only has it not worked, it's led to an increase in death, violence, poverty, incarceration, families being broken apart, and 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 what do we have for it? We have all of our rights gone. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up. So, yeah, that was kind of our take on the war on drugs and 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 um, kind of the failures of the federal government and state and local governments and and enforcing these drug policies and. And we probably will do a part two episode on this because like, like you saw, we had a little bit, a bit of button heads between me and rock, but it's important to talk about these things because, because the war on drugs have really torn us apart at the seams, like I said, and it's costing us all this money. It's causing all these deaths. And I hope that we've kind of demonstrated that something needs to be done, whether it's more regularization, regular regulation focused in smaller areas or deregulation across the board. What we're doing right now is not working. It's causing more deaths and violence and, and it's causing, and it's causing, or it's costing the taxpayer a lot more money in a time when we're seeing massive inflation. We're seeing, we're seeing housing prices go up. We're seeing the economy really hanging on by a thread right now. And we're spending $51 billion on drugs annually. And, and, and I think that's all that needs to be said about the subject. Thank you guys for listening. This has been episode five and uh, it was a good time. Just love your neighbor, man. Focus on freedom. Focus on bettering yourself. Focus on human flourishing. 
you'll never know when 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 your day when each day is your last so really live it like you don't have another and I that's just kind of something that came out of left field in my head right then but it, it is important to not take any day for granted and and really love your neighbor love your family and love yourself and like I said read books you know gain information and 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 take advantage of all the knowledge we have at our fingertips and don't believe what the corporate media tells you because the corporate media lies and and they've lied to us for this long and and it's time that it's time that we band together and have civil discourse outside of what the corporate media allows us to have and what the politicians allows us to have and say we're not going to talk about what you want us to talk about we're going to talk about things that matter and we're going to have civil discourse and we're going to intellectually butt heads and we're going to come together and say hey let's talk about these issues because these issues are the issues that need to be solved not a two percent tax break or whether transgenders can use this bathroom but thank you guys for listening it's been awesome and uh see you guys next week Yeah.